But as we know, those that have participated in tabernacles, that word now has launched us into exactly what God has desired for us to do and become. And so if you had your notepad, like Bob Sorig suggested, and your pen, if you took notes, then what I would do is I would just turn each page every day and see what God is doing in those words. Because when God speaks, amen, the Holy Spirit empowers everything that he says. And then that enables us to walk out, to experience everything that God has said. And so uh, I'm uh, very anxious, hopefully not overly anxious, <laughs> but I'm really purposed in my heart. Uh, everything has shifted. I don't know if you've noticed that, but just in the realm of the Spirit, uh, just even coming in this morning, his presence, uh, even Debbie had, uh, because the worship leader for that Sunday sends out all of the songs to uh, seven or eight people that are part of worship. And then that was last night, and then this morning she said the Lord was speaking to me to shift gears and do something different. So that's the epichoriego of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, everything is new every morning. Amen? So it changes up. So thank you, Debbie, to be sensitive. Uh, because you could sense the breath, the air was thick this morning of his presence. Amen. And for those of you who are on Facebook, we have uh, acquired uh, a little bit help for our sound. So Ben and I are going to be trying to work with that this next week. Uh, and I won't spend a lot of time with that. But hopefully the sound will uh, become much more enjoyable for our worship. Because what's required electronically uh, is now necessary for Facebook which wasn't before. So, it uh, looks like Mr. Wilder's getting ready to launch. He's got this thing on wheels. So, Father, we just thank you for Mr. Wilder. We thank you for this man of God. We thank you for his eldership. We thank you for his leadership. We thank you for who he is as a father. Oh, you're shifting gears on me. All right. Lord, we just thank you. For, we thank you for the prophetic voice in the, in the eldership, Father. We thank you for Kathy as an elder and one of those... Uh, one of those foundational stones, uh, but also in the office of prophetic, Lord. Uh, because without the prophetic, we as the overseers, as pastors, uh, evangelists, teachers, we don't have sight. Because that's where the Father brings fight, sight. And that's why it's so important for those that understand the fivefold ministry in Ephesians. That's why they're gifts to the church. Because though they're not complete, but they're in the process of becoming complete, and that's why all those parts, parts are important. Because the tribe of Ishakar, that prophetic sight, they could see things that were coming. Those are the anointings. It's one thing to prophesy. I can move in and out of the prophetic, but it's another thing to carry the office or the mantle of prophetic or the prophet. Amen. And so just to help you out, when Jesus was dedicated on the eighth day, who was there? The word says the prophetess, Anna. So for anybody that doesn't believe a female can prophesy and carry the mantle, uh, this was his words, not mine. Amen. You can just look right there in the word. And we're just trying to be those that are fulfilling the word. Amen. Love it, Pastor Lonnie. I like it when you're... Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Well, again, welcome to everyone here in our midst and, and wherever you're watching from today or further this week. Um, there's so much that's fresh in the Lord, and he gave us such a banqueting table at the feast that last year's, at last week's reflections were like just little insights, little, you know, glimmers of light. 
we'll be talking about him for weeks and everything that he said. You know, it will he will expand it in us, and some of you will have things to say. I was so happy to have um, my my little friend over here join us uh, during the worship, and I hope that as the children come in the days, I heard Jesus yesterday saying, "I was praying for the children." And I was saying, Lord, let the children come. And so I saw my, my friend and for a while, and she was in here worshiping this morning, uh, practice while the worship team was practicing this morning. And um, I just wanted her to be a part of that because I want our children to learn how to worship God. I want our children to know how to re respond to the anointing of God. I mean... You know, we heard that this is a holy ground. I mean, the anointing is still up here. You come up here, you stay too long, you start to get a little tipsy. Okay? And uh, so it's been wonderful. And I, I just want to say that that is what is in God's heart. God, bring the children. I was so blessed during the feast by that, feast by that dance last Sunday. I mean, I really want him to do it again sometime because it what once wasn't enough. All, that work, all the work that goes into to the sacrifice and labors to go into something like that. So I hope that we see more of that. And our children can come in and express everything, you know, body, soul, and spirit, what they're feeling for God. You know, I want to share something else because um, I was talking with her this morning, and she just said, I said, I'm so happy to see you. I haven't seen you in so long. And she says, I know. And her little face kinked up, and she was like, I know, I've been wanting to come for so long. It's been so long. You know, her family lives, her, her parents live up in Chelsea. But when she gets to go to her grandma's house, her grandma brings her to church. So um, we just pray. That's her heart's desire. And I want us to agree with her. She says, I want to come more. I love what, when I come to the house of the Lord. So let us say, like Jesus said, suffer not to keep the children held back. Let them come to me, because he's drawing every generation to himself. So I have an exhortation. Well, it really isn't an exhortation. It's a word. It's a prophetic word that the Lord spoke to me this morning. Because uh, when we get these rhemas, so it is a rhema. We heard about rhema words. So he spoke to me, and now I'm releasing it to you. Um, and it's about the strategies of the enemy. And uh, I want to say that um, we need to know the strategies of the enemy, right? Wouldn't, it, wouldn't you like to know ahead of time uh, what his plans are, what he's planning, what trickery, and things like that? And so it is that. And it's not just for a praise chapel. It's for the greater body of Christ and also... It is what he's using on all society and the nations and everybody right now in various forms. But I want to speak to you about things that might be happening to you. These, <clears throat> this, was an, uh, this was a response from God uh, quickly within about um, 48 hours as the feast came to an end. And I was like, okay, what's going on? What's really going on here? And then he spoke this to me. Um, he said that um, 
he, he was giving us a heads up. That means pay attention, listen, so I can talk to you. He said, the enemy, these are the strategies that the enemy will be using in his trickery upon us. And it's not, this might sound to you like, oh, that's old news. I already knew that. No. No, this is fresh news. God spoke it this week again. You know, sometimes he speaks once. You know, Jesus says, verily, I say to you. Sometimes he said, verily, 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 I say this to you. So he's in a repeat mode. So if you think this is old news, um, then reset how you're hearing the word. Because this, he spoke this again Tuesday. He said, um, <clears throat> the enemy is sending forth words and winds. Winds and words of adversity. Adverse winds. Strong winds. That means wind in your face, not at your back. You know, it's in your face. Strong winds. It's going to mess up your hair, ladies, okay? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's being sent to mess you up and agitate you and irritate you and frustrate you. He said the winds of adversity would bring with it discouragement, confusion, criticism, frustration, and they are meant to demean you or be demeaning to you, to belittle you, to make you feel small and important and unimportant. They would be manifesting in many ways. He would try his trickery upon us. He would use people, remember. Our warfare is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness. Okay? So don't fall. That's trickery. Don't be tricked to thinking it's a person. Okay? Trickery. He will try to get you to listen to those words and receive them. And they're only intended to wound you. They are intended to, to um, redirect your focus. That's the ultimate plan. To get your focus off the Lord and what he's doing and what he just said he's going to do and what he said he was going to do last month, last week, and last month, and whatever he has declared that he intends to do, they are to get into your head, redirect your focus, redirect your hearing. We heard that the most important word in the Bible is hear, and he will try to get you to hear his words over the truth. Are you seeing it? He'll turn up his volume louder to try to get you to hear and to think on those things. Betty talked about God-mindedness. We know the tricks of the enemy in this area. So if you find yourself 
ruminating on negative, whatever the issue is, the big blow up. Oh, how could they have said that to me? It hurt so bad. I can't believe how rude she was. I can't believe this is happening. This wasn't supposed, how could this have happened? How is everybody, I'm, do you see what I'm saying? It's those kind of things in your life. You'll use the simple things. You'll try to blow up something to redirect your focus and get you to start hearing his words. He is using this as a tactical weapon. It is a tactical weapon he is using right now. I want you to think of this like, you know, he has, he has an army of demonics, okay, at his disposal. And this is, this is kind of the orders. Go out there and redirect their focus, get their eyes off God, get their eyes on their problems, let them feel small. Oh yeah, we let them be pumped up at the feast last week. We let them feel like their God is big, but guess what, the party's over. Get out there and start doing this, you know? Yeah, they thought God could do anything. Nothing is impossible for God last week. Let's, let's prove to them that isn't just the truth. Are you seeing what I'm saying? These are the strategies of the enemy. And I want you to see not only how he's using it on you, don't be duped in what you're listening to. He's using it on society. He's using it on every generation, even the children. He's using it right stirring up the pot with the election. Some of you are ready to just like, I never want to hear about, I just want that thing to be over. But he's using it against the nations and the fear that comes with it and uncertainty. And he's trying to release. If you start feeling uncertain of God, what, what's coming in there is the big F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. F-E-A-R, don't let fear come into you. Don't start agreeing with him. Well, gosh, if this happens, what are we going to do? You know, you know all the thoughts because you know they've been hitting you. Um, it's working on all forms of media. It doesn't matter the platform. It doesn't matter the nation everything. This is a tactic on everything we hear. And he is out. You've heard the word censorship. Listen, this shouldn't be anything new to Christians. He is always trying to censor the truth. You hear me? I mean, I'm not shocked by this. What? But I mean, it's only manifesting more openly and just outwardly it's like there's no shame or we don't even have to hide this it's just what we're doing we're going to censor God we're going to censor the truth we're going to stop what he stands for we have no intention of kowtowing to this guy in the sky come on that's the attitude and irreverence and the lack of fear of the Lord and who wins in the end? I'm here to remind you. Who has already won before the foundation of the earth? We have victory. We heard the scripture, you are more than conquerors. 
And this will never change no matter what happens around us. Amen? No matter what happens, that is the truth. So he is trying to censor truth. And you are a mouthpiece of truth. Do not agree with him. Do not use your mouth to agree with him. But speak the truth. And if you get in trouble, get to the word and just start reading it out loud. Those demons will run pretty quick. Amen? Uh, especially some of the scriptures, like, suffer not a witch to live. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Are you hearing me? Get in the word. God told us to get in the word. If you haven't gotten in the word, you're already in trouble. You are a target. He's looking for the weakest lamb. He's looking for the weakest sheep. Don't you do it. You get in the word. That strengthens you. That is life. His word is life. And you're looking for that rama. You're looking for that word he's going to speak to you about while you read the word. Get convicted. Repent of sin quickly and turn away from it. Come on. We don't just preach on this stuff, you know, eight days out of the year. So he's there to cause you to not to hear God. To cause doubt, not walk in faith. Because when you start doubting, you can't walk by faith. You're already weak. You're a weakened lamb. You're a weakened sheep. You can't walk in faith. And then when you can't walk in faith, you're not trusting God. You are not. His purpose is so you will not trust the Lord God Almighty. I wanted to call him that because I'm not trusting God right now. I don't know. It's just really struggling in trusting God. Give that. That jet, that is fodder for the enemy. Oh, did you hear that? Everybody get on that person right now. Let's tear anything that might be left down. Do you see the strategies of the demonic realm? So he tries to get you to not trust the Lord God Almighty who has established his throne in the heavens who has sovereignty the kingdom he is king and has all authority over the universe okay just a reminder of the truth to forget he wants you to forget all his benefits and I want to I want to say I want to tell you I got a call so the Lord had spoken that to me and about 20 minutes later I got a call I hadn't even had time to write it down yet and I got a call from Sheila Zellers who was a ministry speaking at the feast she said Kathy I'm and we don't call often because we know both our lives are insanely busy and we just don't chat like that you know we send texts or something like that but it's a rare thing that we call so I knew when she was calling I better pick it up she said Kathy pastor Kathy I'm so glad that you were available to take my call because she said the Lord just told me to go right now and call you not to think about this anymore or anything she said I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the $5,000 challenge that I made this week at the feast she said, I watch Sunday morning. So this is just two days after Sunday service last week. She said, when Christine came up and you had said it was took seven days, we 
we made the match and when Christine came up and she said it was four days she says I just had a question did you use was that including all the offerings that came in or was that just the offerings for the match I said oh no oh no we are no it was not the offerings that came in it was the special offering the extra bucket of the the basket that said blessed on it and God blessed it she said it's amazing she says well pastor I want Kathy I want to tell you how that came about because we didn't have time to talk about it before I left she says I walked in I went out to do something uh, and then I came back in the church and pastor Lonnie was sitting on the back kind of on the back row and I thought that was odd so I I took a moment to just see why he was back there because he's normally up front and she said I just observed him and he was just watching and he was discerning what was happening at that time and she said um, I started to walk by and the Lord said I want you to make a challenge and she's like I'm thinking you know challenge so she said it was immediately in my a challenge for what he answered and it was for the Cornerstone Community Center fundraising that we've been doing and he used the word challenge not a match but a challenge and so she says oh okay so she's gonna keep walking he says she said no go back to Pastor Lonnie and talk the Lord said go back to Pastor Lonnie and tell him right now I don't want you to tell Kathy I want you only to tell Pastor Lonnie Kathy will get sidetracked and like great how are we gonna do this I'm gonna orchestrate this gotta get a hold of Christine uh, and let's get this thing rolling okay let's administrate that and he says no I want her to know that this is my this is I'm doing this it's all gonna be me and she's gonna be out of the loop you know in, in initiating this so she went right to Pastor Lonnie she told him and then Christine and we all know that the match the challenge was met in less than four days is that awesome in fact the challenge went over the match and I'm hoping we could find another match <laughs> that we could double our money on I mean I love it when I can invest in the kingdom of God and I can double my money for the kingdom of God I get excited about that I love that that was such a blessing but she said this is what I heard she says I've prayed about this and so this is important for every one of you so I know some of you are leaving but get the word out to those who are going to do something else at this moment because this is important God said it was a word a prophetic word to me but I knew as she was speaking it to me I was it was for you It's for all of you same word she said God told me that you and Lonnie have sold all your life you have given everything to the kingdom of God you have not taken things for yourself that the Cornerstone Community Center is not about you you are selfless in this and whenever he was showing me that whenever we sow to the kingdom of God and we give in our offerings we give in our ties we give out of the abundance of our heart when we just like I got to give to that I, I don't have the money for that but I'm taking this last 20 and I'm putting it in the basket whatever decisions you've made in your life she says there's she says I've seen them she says I've seen uh, in visions like institutions where 
where all this is recorded about what we give and everything in our lives. And she said, it's like daddy, meaning God, has banks in heaven and there's interest on those funds. He's released them to build the kingdom in the natural realm. But there's spiritual interest that's gaining interest in heaven. Now, <clears throat> I've been there and I knew I've been to heaven a time or two, and I've seen these places, exactly what she said she had a vision of. So I knew it immediately. Uh, my spirit was like, yes, yes. I, why, why hadn't I thought of this? And she says, and God is telling you and Lonnie that he wants you right now, that you have not asked for it. You have not asked God for the interest on that. You have not asked him. You have petitioned him to help you in finances and all the things you know. But he's asking you to go right now and ask him for that interest on everything that you have sown to be released in whatever area it needs to be released. And she said, I see a shift coming, and I see that God, when you and Pastor do this and you prophetically go after it and you fast and pray, that this is going to be released. And so I'm saying it to you. And she said, this is the thing God wants you to stand on. And I'm going to read it to you. She said it's Psalm 103. Psalm 103, 1 through 6. Well, I read the whole psalm verse to the end five, at least five or six times after that. But this is the focus for today. She said, uh, I want to read it to you. And it's not one that we don't know. And I could make a whole word out of these six verses, and I'm not going to. Some other time. I want you to do the word study. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul. That's actually a command that David was making. He was making, it wasn't like, oh, bless the Lord, O my soul. He was saying, bless the Lord, O my soul. He was, his spirit man was saying, soul man, you're not getting out of control. The first thing you're going to do, you're not going to be thinking about all oh, what's goody-goody for you. Bless the Lord, O my soul. It's something we must do. We must speak to our soul and command it. If you need to, it can be poetic if you're worshiping. But are you getting my drift? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Again, he repeats, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And underline this, forget and forget none of his benefits. For they are, I'm adding here, for they are great, they are mighty, they are vast, they are infinite. That's Kathy's, uh, extra, that's my bridge in this song. Okay. And who pardons, bless the Lord of my soul, who pardons all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. All of them. Who redeems your life from the 
surrounds you with loving kindness and compassion. Who satisfies your years with good things. He satisfies your years. He satisfies the children for as many years as they have. But when you get to be my age, hallelujah, he's going to satisfy my years and this season of my life with good things so that my youth is renewed. My youth is renewed like the eagle. That in my years, in my season, that there will be a metamorphosis. That my youth will be renewed. They won't even know my age because I have youth restored in my body and my soul and my spirit. That we become ageless. And we become sons and daughters of the Most High God. So I'm here, if you would just stand with me before we hear the word. This is just, this is just an appetizer. This is an appetizer for something I'm really looking forward to. The main course here today. They are, what God is sitting out on the banqueting table is absolutely his finest in this hour. You couldn't search for another restaurant far and wide and have a banqueting table set for you like he has been setting before us in these days. So what I'm asking you is, can we pray? Can we pray it together? Will you continue to pray? If any of you are fasting, let this be in your prayers that we will ask God to release the interest in our accounts. I'm not talking so I can finally go out and get the new car I've needed for two years. I had all the money saved, but I gave it. I sowed it to the kingdom. Do you know? It isn't so I can go and go, well, I've got these funds now. I'm going to do that car. He can give me a card. He can provide a card. Actually, Betty Green told me that she's getting the new car of her dreams tomorrow. Sheila orchestrated it for her. It's red, sunroof. Are you hearing? But, you know, she has sold all her life. It has, you know, everything. She's going to be able to go places in Tampa and not get lost. She drove 40 miles one time to a home, trying to get to Home Depot and got lost. It's new territory for her. See, he cares about things like that, and he cares for her. But it's not for a new car for me or something else that I've, you know, had on my list. But it's, for, it's not for self-gain. That's what I'm saying. It's not for self-gain. It's so God will give us seed so we can sow to something that will not pass away. It will not turn into an old car. Kathy's new car won't turn into an old car that's going to pass away. Go to the junk pile someday. It's going to be into the kingdom of God that will never pass away. These things. So let's, it's so we can sow seed into the kingdom of God. So let's pray. 
Let's pray together. Father, we come together right now and we're just looking to you and we're believing your word and we're, we're, we're thanking you for the rhema and revelation that you have given a prophet who has spoken to us. Lord, we receive the prophetic word that came from Sheila and we receive the prophetic word, Father, that you, you released into my spirit and you spoke to me, God. We will be mindful, but we run into you after both these things and we will not be tricked by the enemy any longer. We won't be tricked by him in any way or we will not allow him to distract our focus in the name of Jesus. We're going to keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus in these days and in the season and upon God Almighty. Father, we come to you now as one body, as individuals, but a corporate body. And wherever you are, join us in this prayer. God, we ask you to release the interest that's on the seed that we've sown that exists in heaven. And Father, we pray as in the Father's prayer on earth as it is in heaven. We ask you to release those gods to us. Father, that we will not use it for self-gain, but we will use it for your kingdom, to, for, to further your, your, your plans and your purposes in this earth, around the world, in the realm of the Spirit, God, and that you will release that today in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, and we all said na amen. Amen. And I want you to say one thing corporately together. I will not forget. Let's say it three times. I will not forget the benefits. I will not forget the benefits. I will not forget the benefits of God. Psalm 103, 1 through 5. I love you. And now, Pastor Prophet of God, come up here and deliver the main course here. Amen. Good morning. I'm so amazed how much God loves us. I'm so amazed of how he plans to do something in the earth that is brand new, revolutionary. Nobody's seen it before. And he starts speaking about it from before, before the release. He wants us to know and understand him. He wants us to know and understand how his word works and how prophecy works. He wants us to understand how the rhema works. He wants us to understand the logos for sure. But the rhema is what changes the atmosphere and the earth. Amen? Yes. I uh, want to remind you that the richness that is being poured out on us right now, you cannot... You cannot experience this by doing nothing. We had the word about the word being sown. And we had the word about if you do nothing, the birds of the air come and steal it away. And if you do nothing, you'll, you might start off uh, very uh, excited and energized through the Feast of Tabernacles. And you might sense that, wow, things are going to change. Without actually participating in the change, you might think it's just going to come upon you. 
And you start out eager, but after a while you get discouraged. And after a while you, you end up draw, being drawn back into the ways of the world and you give up. And we understand that there's no fruit there either. The only way that we're going to bear fruit is to hear the word of God and to decide to assess where we're at and make the changes in our lives on a personal level. Amen? And so the question that I hear him asking is, what changes have you made since Tabernacles? Because he gave and he released his word. And if you're not sure what changes you've made, perhaps you need to go home today and rehearse the word that has come during Tabernacles to find out what changes you need to make. He said that there are places in every single one of our hearts that, are, that is taking up space that the new cannot come. And so we were mandated by God during tabernacles to assess the things that are in our hearts that don't belong there and move them out so the new can come. And I'm, so I'm asking you by reminding you again, what changes have you made in the seven days that you've had to think about the feast of the Lord where he came and he gave his heart and he gave his understanding and he gave his expectation of what's going to be happening. I'm going to say to you that uh, 2020 was a very difficult year for many of us. Extremely difficult. But God intends us to find through the difficult places the victory, the trial, the way through. We had the word on the water shaft years ago from Bob Sorge about doing something that nobody else could do. And I want to remind you tonight, today, about the story of Esther. The story of Esther started long before Tabernacles. It started in a on a global stage. It was played out on a global stage that people would know and understand what is God doing? What is he doing? What is he up to? What is he preparing me as a disciple of Christ to experience? And I want to suggest to you just very quickly, as we've heard the word this morning, the prophetic word through Kathy, I want to suggest to you the entire story of Esther really comes down to a couple hours of a decision. It played out for weeks and months and even years. But it came down to a couple of people hearing the word of God and making a decision in a couple of hours. And that is where we are. That is where the body of Christ is now. We need to make some decisions about how we are going to respond as individuals. As, as personal disciples of Christ. What is really important? What's the heart of God? Because if we remember the story, Mordecai was sitting at the gate in ashes, right? The decree had come out that all of the Jews are going to die, right? And the decree from the king could not be changed. So within a very short period of time, life was going to change. Life was going to change very dramatically. Thousands and thousands of people were going to die. And this was a decree of the king that could not be changed. 
I'm suggesting to you today that the adversary wants to start making some decrees to overrule your hope, overrule your expectation, overrule the authority of who you are, overrule who God created you to be. I'm suggesting to you now that we've seen trials in 2020, but the adversary isn't satisfied with that, and he's saying 2020 is over, okay, we did the, we did the global thing, uh, all right, enough is enough. He isn't satisfied until there is complete and total destruction against the word of God in opposition to it. And I want to suggest to you to be thinking about how this story of Esther played out on a global stage. Never happened before. It came down to a period of time where Esther was enjoying the benefits of the kingdom, right? She was pretty secure. Maybe she didn't want to be there at first. Maybe she was reluctant to, to obey as Mordecai had said, listen, you're going to the palace. Maybe she didn't want to participate in that way. Maybe she knew she was different. But she came down to a period of time where she was apprehensive about moving forward. She was concerned about her people, but she didn't know what she could do. And a very prophetic voice rang through the sound of the distractions. You have been created and placed in a position for a time such as this. And so I'm declaring to you the word at Tabernacles is you have been created and positioned in the family of God for a time such as this. She had a decision to make. She went from... Uh, p possibly, uh, I, I, I want to speak more about this later on, but the, uh, the level of sonship. You are all sons. When was Aaron Wilder my son? When was he my son? When he was born? I would suggest to you that he was my son at conception. I would suggest to you that he was my son at conception and God was knitting him in a certain way in the womb to be like me, to be like his mother, to be like God. The moment that you are saved, the moment that you give your heart to Christ, you are his. But the thing is, as we continue, I'm getting a little distracted here. I want to bring this at a later time. But to give you a little insight, he was my son at conception. And he will always be my son no matter what age he is. But as a son goes through the levels of sonship, for the first several years, I had to take care of him. Clean his diaper, feed him, make sure he's warm, take care of his every single need, right? What he gave back to me was something that babies can give, joy. Oh, he smiled, did you see that? All babies are cute, right? And he gives, they give something. But they haven't yet reached the point where they're participating in the plan of God in the magnitude that he intends, and Aaron got to be, let's say, six, ten years old. So now he can feed himself, now he can clothe himself, right? Now he can talk and, and communicate. The problem is his diet is not the diet of an adult. That's right. 
He loves the Twinkies. He got that from his dad, right? He loves the vending machine and the chips and all the things you shouldn't be eating. As he grows older and becomes the technon, right? He takes on the responsibility of adulthood. And at some point in time, the challenge for us all is to be the Huey sons. Where you're carrying the full mantle of Christ. You're carrying the full responsibility of who he is. You're carrying the discernment and you're carrying the authority and the power to change the atmosphere. Some of you are five, six, seven, eight years old in the Lord. Some of you are 20 to 30. It has nothing to do with your natural age. It has everything to do with hearing the word of God and acting and obeying on it. Some of you, the Lord has started to transition you out of the place of, of being the baby, being the technon, being the infant, being the place by changing your lives. I got a call this a couple of days ago about a computer. I can't play games on my computer. I understand that. Because God wants you to take the time that you would have played games and, and play with Him. And reach out to Him and start learning scriptures and memorizing His Word. Back to the story. It came down to a couple of hours that a decision had to be made. There was extreme life on one side and total death and destruction on the other. And Esther sends a message back to Mordecai and says, I want you and everybody you can think of to pray and fast. And me and my maids will do the same. And over the course of hours, they went before God and they petitioned God because this was life or death. They were either going to find a way in God or they were going to die. There was no gray area like maybe I can escape. She had already thought, well, maybe this won't. And then the prophetic message came to say, don't think you will escape. If you don't move in this, God will raise up another. And so the invitation to the body of Christ right now is that if you don't move in your God-given position, then he will raise up another and you will be left behind. Now that's an extreme word, but it's not my word. It's God's. God intends on doing something so enormously spectacular, but he needs you to participate with him. And over the course of a couple of days, the vision of God was given and they played it out. And we know how the story ends. I want to give you a second witness as we begin to close down here today. I want to give you a second witness that was also spoken about during tabernacles. That was also brought up as a type and a shadow. It was brought up as a, a second confirmation. And that's the story that's found in Daniel. There was a similar situation in terms of uh, the enormous, the, uh, the bigness of the risk. And the king was sleeping one night and he had a dream. 
and the dream bothered him. And he was so undone by it that he called all of his cabinet together. <coughs> Excuse me. All of his cabinet together. The wise men, satraps, all of the people that were influential around him. In other words, our president had a dream. And in, and in the morning, he called his cabinet together and he said, I want you to tell me the dream and its interpretation. If you don't, it's going to mean your life. So I'm paraphrasing the story here. But what he said was, this dream is so important to me that I have to know its interpretation. And they said, well, O king, tell us your dream and we'll interpret it for you and we're good. And he says, no, it's not going to work that way. You're going to tell me what my dream was. And you're going to then give me the interpretation. And so they struggled for hours and hours and hours of figuring out, oh my gosh, how are we going to do this? In other words, let me translate it to today. The governments of this world, as they exist today in the natural, will not have the answers for the thing that is coming on the earth and is here today. It will not be able to use its resources, its understanding, its intellectual intelligence, the resources of science, the resources of mathematics, the strength of computers. That will not solve what God is placing the earth into right now. And so the way this played out in Daniel is the government committees came back to the king and said, you're asking us to do something that no, one on, no man on the face of the earth can do. You're asking us to do something that's impossible. And the king maintained his position to say, you are going to tell me my dream and you will interpret it or you die. You will die. You will die by the sword of my army. And so they ended up coming to a place of they gave up. There's no possible way that we can do this. As smart as we are, as much wisdom as we're the long robes and the expensive uh, instruments and the influence they had over the globe did not help them. It was not enough to convince the king to change the decree. And so I'm suggesting to you, you're not going to change God's decree, but you can participate in it. Amen. You can fulfill the longing of the heart that's within inside you, but it's going to mean you making a decision. Daniel ended up hearing of this because he and his friends were among the group that were going to die. And he goes back to, to one of the king's counselors and he says, what's the deal with all the urgency here? What's the deal with the king's decree and what he's doing? And they had a discussion and Daniel was broken and he went back as he had done many times before. He got on his knees and he started to pray and he asked his friends to do the same. And the scripture tells us that out of all of the people in an earlier in an earlier passage, it was Daniel who understood and discerned the times correctly. Out of every brilliant mind that 
surrounded him and the king and the palace. It was only Daniel representing the spirit of God, right? The spirit of God dwells inside of you. And that's where the answer comes. It was only Daniel that had understanding and the discerning of the times to really know what was playing out on the earth and why. And that it had been foretold and prophesied ahead of time. And he knew. And as this plays out, he says to Ariok, okay, give me a little bit of time. And I'm going to go pray. In other words, he takes the responsibility of everything that has happened in every person that is about to die, and he puts it on his shoulders and goes before God. And he approaches this thing in a way like, I have to have an answer because not only my life, but all of these people who I have relationship with and who I have lived with and been with. And he goes before God and he says, God, and he starts reminding God of all of the great and mighty things that he's done in years past in his life, how he's the great deliverer. And he starts petitioning God. The thing that I want to tell you is both of these scenarios came down to a small period of time where Esther and Mordecai had to make a decision. Daniel and his friends had to make a decision. And the intended outcome by God is exactly opposite that what was decreed beforehand. And that's our God. And I want to affirm what you've already heard this morning. It only comes by prayer and hearing the word of God. So if you think you can be part of who God wants you to be coming out of tabernacles, right? You have to find a place in the spirit. You have to find the place in the quiet place and close everything else down and hear his voice. And I'm going to declare to you today that God put you in the womb and called you his child and formed you and created you to hear his voice. And so if you are one that just says, you know, I've tried in the past and it's just it's too hard. I'm not connecting. Keep trying. Because we're in the day where supernatural things are released from heaven that you would be given the ability to travel in places where others cannot. Because they don't understand the spirit. They don't understand the heart of God. The, the satraps and the governors and the, the places in Daniel's time, they had no hope. And I'm here declaring to you, we know how it ends. Because he wrote in his book a love letter to people who could discern his heart discern his ability so when computers are broken and the games don't work hallelujah praise God because now you've got to take your time and go spend it with God and hear his voice and you get to go from an infant to a teenager very quickly isn't that exciting you don't have to go through seven years of trying to eat and do this and do that no all you have to do is obey the word of God and your growth will be exponential because it doesn't depend on the days and weeks as we know them in the natural 
It doesn't depend on that. It depends on your commitment to the word of God that was released at Tabernacles. Are you going to be one who allows it to stay on the rocky ground and produce no fruit because you didn't have the time to go and eat it? And if you do eat it, are you going to be one who endures? I'm suggesting to you the prophecy over your life is one where you endure. And the decision that God has already made is one that you are an overcomer, 30, 60, and 100-fold. That you're producing the kind of fruit as a son that the world needs so desperately right now. Because the governments of this world cannot and they never will produce the will of God in the places of breakthrough and overcoming. So I want to announce to you again, Tabernacles is still in our midst. If you haven't spent time rehearsing the word and going before God and saying, God, I want to take the logos into Rhema. I want to understand your heart and see how it's being uh, uh, delivered to the earth in these days. Send me. That's what we heard. Send me. It's okay of where you're at right now. But you can't stay where you're at. You have to keep pressing forward. You have to keep going. Because that is the life of an overcomer. That God says, I'm going to reveal my goodness to the earth through these people. Right? He said in Tabernacles, you've been hidden away for a long time. You've been covered. But then he said, you don't put a light under a basket. You set it on a hill. So he's telling us his heart that you're going to be revealed. That that the covering over you of darkness and gloom and despair is about to explode. And you're being... Uh, you're, 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 you're finding ways to be higher on the mountain, higher in authority, but it's all coming from love and humility. Amen? Amen. Uh, study the word in Daniel and see how those stories played out. I'm going to tell you again, the same thing happens over and over and over again in a different time through a different people. And you are the people that this is playing out with right now. I'm going to suggest to you that the ways of religion are dead. They cannot produce the will of God. Only relationship and love with the Father are going to produce the fruit in these days. It isn't the religious activity. You're going to see churches in the earth fall because they don't know how to make the transition from the religious structure and the relying on their money and their finances and the smart PhD brains and the brilliant people that have gotten us this far. And I'm thankful for that. But if that's where the church remains, it will not fulfill the word of God. The only breakthrough that they need is to hear and obey. That means they have some self-sacrificing to do. That means they have to take time away from the religious structure that they've been entrenched in and find the rhema of God and then move out in that. Amen? All right. You guys have got it. Praise the Lord. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on. That is the word of the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Father, we just thank you. Father, place your word beyond our hearing, our natural hearing. Etch it with your finger upon our hearts so the connection will be the spirit. Those that have an ear to hear what the spirit is saying becomes quickened and alive in our hearing that causes this physical body to transform. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. Well, praise the Lord for all of those that uh, have joined us this morning. Blessings. We're going to go ahead and carry on with the rest of our morning. So uh, may the Lord richly bless you. Contend and believe for every word that's been spoken because this isn't just for Praise Chapel. This is for every person's life that really has been called as John the Baptist. We have been called to be those that are preparing the way for the Lord's second coming where he removes our sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Woo! Do you feel the empowerment? Yes. You want to holler? You're using the mouth. Absolutely. Come on up. Are you Debbie? Okay.